Welcome to Copentel, a podcast about Copenhagen and Denmark's history. Written and produced by Danish historian and tour guide Rune Edberg. This podcast features excerpts from Rune Edberg's book Know Your Dane, Unlocking the Secrets to the Danish Mentality, as well as stories from his two walking tours, World War II and Copenhagen, and Copenhagen's Dark History Walk. It is possible to book a spot on these tours on the website copentel.com. On this episode, eighteen forty-eight to two thousand: Freedom and Citizenship, from a global to a regional perspective and identity. This period was one of the most dramatic in Denmark's history. The kingdom became geographically larger during this period due to the Danish presence from the Caribbean to Greenland, Africa, and India, as well as from the Northern Cape to the German countries. The kingdom consisted of many local differences and languages. Danish, Norwegian, German, Swedish, Icelandic, Greenlandic, and Faroese were only some of the many languages spoken. However, in the wake of its many military defeats, Denmark switched its focus from a global view of the world to a delimited and local-slash-national view at the end of this period. This was crucial to the way in which the current Danish mentality was shaped. Small improvements in civil rights Despite the dictatorship of the monarchy, there was a small victory for civil rights as the first stalwart meetings were formed in Viborg and Roskilde in 1831. In 1847, Denmark also received its first railway from Copenhagen to Roskilde. The following year, the Danish brewery, Carlsberg, was founded. Shortly thereafter, a civil war between Denmark and the two German duchesses of Schleswig and Holstein followed, which predicated the end of the unity as a rule of law in Denmark. Following the civil war in 1849-51, the king found it difficult to maintain the unity between the Danish and German-speaking populations. He was forced to introduce a basic law, based on the newly implemented Norwegian laws and civil rights for the population, which announced a new era full of opportunities and civil rights for the population. In 1853, a cholera epidemic broke out in Copenhagen, killing 5,000 of the city's inhabitants. Additionally, in 1864, Denmark suffered a huge defeat at the hands of the Prussian Empire and their allies thus causing the country to fall into further poverty. During this period, there were not many positive highlights, however, there were improvements in the fields of art and science. Rather small and awake, than big and lazy. This was a motto that denoted the Danes' view of themselves after the loss of Norway and their colonies. After 1864, Denmark was an amputated country, left with a population that was very homogeneous, all with the same culture, ethnicity, and language. 90% of the population were farmers, and the rest were a small city elite. This also meant that opportunities for the general population were scarce again. Therefore, one can also see why concepts such as the law of Janti and Huga reflected key elements of the Danish mentality. You should stay in your state, focus on the small things, and not dream too much. Because of the country's harsh winters and poverty, more focus was put on the small things in life. The general mentality was gratitude for family and sustenance, no matter how bland or unexciting everyday life had become. Social struggles. It has been said that the Danes are not a confrontational people, 
and that they will not demonstrate or protest violently because they feel it is not worth the hassle. However, in 1872, armed conflict arose when Danish socialists collided with the police and the army. This was done to improve living conditions for poor Danish workers, particularly in Copenhagen neighborhoods. In the following decade, the Danish Union movement was founded and gained traction. By the turn of the century, there was also a great democratic struggle between different peoples, particularly the lords on the right and the liberals on the left. The former sought to keep the Folketing out of power during this period and succeeded from 1885 to 1894. Basic workers' rights and women's voting rights. By the end of the century, Denmark constructed a unique system that ensured overall agreement on the labor market which would later become internationally known as the Danish model. It contained a balance between social rights and a flexible labor market. Employers and workers formed a trade union movement and signed an agreement that guaranteed basic rights for workers. For more than a hundred years, this approach formed the basis for the Danish labor market. In 1915, Danish women received the right to vote for the first time. During the First World War, Denmark printed a referendum in which a majority of the population chose to vote in favor of selling the West Indies to the United States, which became a reality in 1917. However, Denmark did not only lose territories, it gained them, as well. After the end of the First World War, Sondergeland, a former part of the German Empire, returned to Denmark after a referendum among its population. The Danish king, Christian X, also wanted Schleswig's capital city, Flensburg, to become a part of Denmark. He went straight to the parliament and dismissed the Danish government, thereby throwing out both the Danish democracy and the royal house and starting a major crisis called the Easter Crisis, during which the king retained his title only by promising he would no longer interfere in politics. Denmark during the Second World War. On the 9th of April 1940, Denmark was occupied by Nazi Germany, followed by five hard years, although the Danes succeeded in evacuating the majority of their Jewish countrymen to Sweden. After the liberation in 1945, Denmark became a part of the United Nations UN, and Iceland got their independence. To restore the country and the Danish economy, Denmark agreed to receive martial assistance from the United States in 1948. The following year, Denmark became a member of NATO, a new constitution. In 1953, there was another constitutional amendment, in which the county council was closed and the parliamentary assembly was gathered in the parliament known as the Folketinget. Female succession was also introduced into the royal house. One of the main points of the constitution is the dividing of power between a judicial power, i.e. the courts, an executive power, i.e. the government, and a legislative power, i.e. the parliament. In the first edition of the constitution, the royal power was the overriding magistrate. But since the Danish monarchy today does not hold the same powers, and Denmark is, in fact, a democracy, the government has the executive power. But they also have influence over the legislative power through their representation in the parliament. In addition to there are three other major overall structural actors in the public Danish society the state, the regions, and the municipalities. In 1956, compulsory retirement pension is made available to all Danish pensioners. In 1960, the Cold War between NATO countries and the Soviet Union is at its peak, 
as protest marches against nuclear weapons are organized in Denmark. The Pill, Pornography, and Christiania In 1966, the pill is released in Denmark, and, in 1968, a youth movement inspired by French students is formed. In 1969, Denmark becomes the first country in the world to uncensor and release pornographic images. A new society saw the light of day in Copenhagen in 1971, when young people occupied the former military base Bad Smanstrade Kazern and set up the sanctuary, Christiania. In 1973, Denmark sought to increase its political and economic influence in Europe and joined the European Community, now the EU. In the same year, the country was hit by the oil crisis, and car-free Sundays were introduced in larger Danish cities. Denmark gave more democratic rights to Greenland when a home rule regime was set up on the vast island in 1979. Six years later, Greenland seceded from the European community. In 1987, a major change to the Danish labor market was announced in the form of a fixed working time of 37 hours per week. European Champions if you can't join them, beat them. Quote by former Danish Foreign Minister Uff Ellemann Jensen. In 1992, the Danes voted against the Maastricht Treaty. In the same year, Denmark won the European Championship in football, or soccer, with a final victory over Germany, which was indirectly seen as a revenge for the defeat at the hands of the Prussians in 1864 and the German occupation of Denmark from 1940 to 45. Book a spot on Kopentel's World War II walking tour in Copenhagen. Take a journey back to the 1940s, when the Nazi German forces had occupied the Danish capital. On this guided walking tour we will visit the city district of Vesterbro and the city center of Copenhagen. In the company of our historian Rune Edberg, who is specialized in the Second World War and the German occupation of Denmark 1940-1945, you will have the unique opportunity to visit some of the central places of the Danish freedom struggle during the Second World War. You'll become acquainted with the central themes and paradoxes of the period. Danes in the resistance movement and Danes in German service, which came to violent expression through assassinations and bomb attacks that divided the Danish population during the five long years from 1940 to 1945. We will stop outside at some of Copenhagen's most central locations and sites from the Second World War. This includes the former Gestapo headquarters at Shellhuset, where we will hear the story of the British bombing of the building on the 21st of March 1945 and its consequences. We will also visit the place where the resistance group Holger Dansk was founded and come past the dreaded addresses from which Hitler's henchmen ruled Denmark with an iron hand. You can book your spot on Copentel.com. You have been listening to Copentel, a podcast about Copenhagen and Denmark's history. Written and produced by Danish historian and tour guide Rune Edberg. This podcast features excerpts from Rune Edberg's book Know Your Dane, Unlocking the Secrets to the Danish Mentality, as well as stories from his two walking tours, World War II and Copenhagen and Copenhagen's Dark History Walk. It is possible to book a spot on these tours on the website copentel.com.